Lag Omer. We want to remember that, okay? And so um, I want to take a few minutes um, to learn something together, okay? To learn about a little bit about Lag a lot we know. Um, but we want to talk about Lag Omer. It is Lag Omer, and we shouldn't forget that today. So um, I want to talk a little bit, a tiny glimpse into the greatness of Rabbi Akiva. Okay? Now, many of the stories, these are the stories that we grew up with. These are the stories that come with our mother's milk. Okay, These are the stories. But on Lagba Omer, I think it is a good time to review some of it, repeat it, talk about it, and maybe add a little bit that uh, a, a dimension or two and add something that perhaps we don't know. So we're going to start off with the Gemara in Menachos, okay? Um, a famous Gemara. If everyone has sheets, you have sheets. Yeah, okay, you know what I got to do with sheets. Okay, everyone have? Yeah? Okay, all right. So, highlighted, okay? The part that is highlighted. Okay. Amarav, Bisha'asha'ala Moshe Lemarom. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shemayim and he found Hakarishbarhu, he was tying the crowns to the letters, putting, so to speak, the finishing touches on the Torah. Amar Lefanab, and he said, who's holding you back? Why isn't the Torah ready? Who's holding you back from giving the Torah the way? Um, the way that it is, perfect Torah. And he answered, There is a person in the future, it's going to be in the future, Joros. His name is Akiva ben Yosef. And he is going to be able, he's going to um, be able to teach out from every point of each of the grounds, he's going to be able to teach out piles and piles of halachos. Right? You think the Torah is perfect? Moshe Rabbeinu and Akiva is going. Akiva ben Yosef, Rabbi Akiva, is going to be able to teach us piles and piles of halachos from these crowns. So Amar Lefanav, Moshe said, her Ehuli, please show him to me. I want to see this man." Amarlo Hashem said, Chazar la'acharcha, like turn around. Halach v'yashav b'sof shmona shuros. He turned around, he took him to the base medrash of Rabbi Akiva. And Moshe Rabbeinu sat back in the eighth row um, in the base medrash. V'lo haya yodzeya mahen omrim. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't understand the Torah that Rabbi Akiva was teaching. Toshash kochol. And he, 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 like, he became weakened. Like he didn't understand the Torah. But when it came to one matter, the Talmidim said to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, how do you know what you're saying? And he said, We learned this as This is part of our Mesorah. And then Moshe Rabbeinu felt better. He returned to Hashem and Amar Lefanav and he said, Torah 
you have such a person, this Rabbi Akiva, he listened to his Torah and he was so beyond amazed. He said, you have someone who's so great in Torah, why are you giving Torah through me? You should be giving the Torah through Rabbi Akiva. Amar and HaPesh Baruch Hu answered Moshe, Shesok, kach alav Right, he told him to keep quiet. This is part of my greater plan, which you are not privy. Amar lefanav, and said then Moshe, said Hashem, Rebona Shalom, har iseini Torah so, you showed me his Torah, har eini show me his schar. What could be the unbelievable schar of this, this Rabbi Akiva, who is so beyond brilliant in Torah? Amar lo, chazar la'afar. Hashem said, turn around. Chazar la'acharav, he turned around. Ra'a sheshoklin b'sara b'mkulin. We all know how Rabbi Akiva was tortured to death and how they took the iron combs and they combed his eye bones with, uh, with flesh. But to add on to disgrace upon disgrace, what did they do? What did he see? Sheshoklin b'sara b'mkulin. That they took, they were weighing the flesh of his body in the butcher shop that after they killed him, they took the flesh of Rabbi Akiva and they sold it in the butcher shop. Amar lefanav, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Ribbonu shalolam, zo Torah v'zo sechara. This is his Torah. This is his schar. Right? This is the schar for the man who taught and learned so much Torah. Amar lef Hashem said, shesok kach Allah b'machshal told him to keep quiet. This is part of my greater plan for which you are not privy. There is a very similar type of Gemara in, it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. So too with Adam Harishon. I don't have this Gemara on there, okay? Adam Harishon, Hashem showed to Adam Harishon all the generations, Dar Dar Vidarshav, Dar Dar V'chachamav. All the generations and all of the Talmidei Chachamim that were um, that were going to come from uh, that were going to come in the future, and comes to the generation of Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara describes how Adam was so happy to see the Torah of Rabbi Akiva, and then Adam was so sad when he saw what happened to Rabbi Akiva. Hashem showed Adam all the generations, and it's not until really the generation of Rabbi Akiva that we saw that the Gemara describes his, his emotions of how he stopped and he paused and he was so, so happy and then he became so sad when he saw what happened to him. What was it about the Torah of Rabbi Akiva? What was it about the Torah of Rabbi Akiva that brought Moshe to say, Hashem, you have someone so great, why are you sending me? Right, this brought down where Moshe says Hashem, when Hashem came to Moshe and he said to him, go and take B'nai Israel out of Mitzrayim, and he said, Shalachna biyad tishlach, send the one that you should send, send Rabbi Akiva, why are you sending me? And, right, and Adam to also pause and be so besimcha at the Torah of Rabbi Akiva. What was it about the Torah of Rabbi Akiva? The Torah of Rabbi Akiva was a Torah that was with Mesira Snefesh. Everything about Rabbi Akiva's Torah came with Mesira Snefesh. 
We all know the stories, right? Rabbi Akiva was 40 years old when he started learning Torah. And he went to the cheder with these three-year-old little kids. And he sat there and he learned Aleph Beis with these little kids. And he wasn't embarrassed to do so, right? Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva who lived in unbelievable poverty. He lived in such terrible poverty and then, right, there's a decree. He lived in horrible times, like was Rabbi Feldman just pointed out. Right? He lived in horrible times when the decree came out from the Romans that anyone that, that cannot be teaching any Torah. And Rabbi Akiva continued under such difficult circumstances, risking his life, and he continued to be Marbet's Torah, to learn and to be Marbet's Torah, like he said, right? just like a fish can't live without water, so we can't live without Torah. And it didn't take long until Rabbi Akiva was arrested. They found him, they arrested him, they put him into prison, and they took him out to die. And they took him out at the time of Kriya Shema, and we know the story. Right? Let's look at the let's look at an inside from the Gemara. The Gemara tells us, okay, turn over, it's the Gemara in Brachos. And the Gemara says, The time that Rabbi Akiva was taken out to be killed was the time of Kriyashma. And they were combing his flesh with combs of iron. And as he sang Shema, his Talmudim say, Rabbeinu, Ad Khan, until here? Amar lahem, and he said to them, Kol yamai hayisi mitzta'er al-pasuk zeh All my days I was mitzta'er. I had, I worried about this pasuk where it says, V'yahavtas Hashem alokecha b'chol levavcha u'b'chol nafshacha. What does it mean b'chol nafshacha? Afilu notel es nishmascha. Even if they take away your neshama. Amarti, and I would think, when am I going to have that chance to be Makayim the Mitzvah, the Cholavavcha, or the Cholnafshacha? Achshav Shabbat Liadi, Lo Akayemno, and now when it's in my hands, I shouldn't be Makayim it. Hayama Rich Be'echad, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeno Hashem Echad, Achayatsasa Nishmaso Be'echad, as Neshama left him with the words Echad. Yatsasa Baskol the Amra, a Baskol came out and said, Ashrecha Rabbi Akiva Shayatsa Nishmascha Be'echad. How fortunate you are, Rabbi Akiva, that Nishama left you with Echad. So, simply, what is, what's the Gemara telling us? The, the Tamidim of Rabbi Akiva, who could not bear to see their Rebbe, right, suffering such horrific terrible torture, right? They could not bear it. And they were saying to the Rebbe, how are you so velvet? How can you bear this? How are you taking this with such calmness and serenity? How are you doing this? And his answer was, I have prepared for this all my life. But there is a little bit, there is more to this. 
more to understanding this Gemara. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu killed a Mitzri, right? He killed the Mitzri. How did he kill him? He used the Shem HaMetforish. And with the Shem HaMetforish, he killed the Mitzri. It's brought down in many different places in the Gemara that the Tanaim and the Amoraim had the Koach to kill their enemies. They had the Koach to kill Rosh Hashem, they had the Koach to kill their enemies, even by the stories in the Gemara about Tanaim looking at someone and they're falling into a pile of bones. They had that Koach to kill. The Arizal says that if someone with the right kavanos, we don't have these kavanos, but with the right kavanos, when they say Shema Yisrael, the first two psukim of Shema Yisrael, and they say it with the right thinking of the Shem HaMeforosh, and saying it with the right kavanos, they can kill their enemies. That's the koach in the two, first two psukim of Shema Yisrael. So when the Talmudim heard Rabbi Akiva say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, they were certain that what was Rabbi Akiva going to do? They were certain that Rabbi Akiva was, try, was going to kill the enemy that was killing him. They were certain that he was going to go on to the next Pasuk and say the Shema with the shame, with the Kavanos of the Shem HaMefarish, and he would kill these enemies. That's what they mean in the Gemara. It's a funny Lashon, didn't you hear? What did the Talmudim say? They said, tell me, Rabbeinu, Ad Khan, until here? Like, why are you stopping? He said the first passage, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Ad Khan, until here? They expected him to go on. Why are you stopping? Right? Aren't you going to kill this enemy that's doing these terrible things to you? And what did Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva said his intention is not to kill the enemy. His intention is to die al-Kiddush Hashem, to be Moser Nefesh and to die al-Kiddush Hashem. All my life, I have been waiting for this opportunity. When am I going to be able to show Hashem that I love him with all, right, b'chol levavcha or b'chol nafshacha? Right? That, and so he stopped at Echad. And what did the boss call answer him? The boss call answered and said afterwards, he said, Ashrecha, Rabbi Akiva, Shayatsa Nishmascha bit Echad. How fortunate, how lucky you are, Rabbi Akiva, that you stopped. Your Neshama left at Echad. That you didn't, that you died on Kiddush Hashem. That you didn't go on and could have killed you, but you wanted and you died al Kiddush Hashem, and the rest of the Gemara goes on and says, You are Mizuman Lechaye Olam Haba. Okay. Rabbi Akiva lived after Horban Bayashem. Rabbi Akiva lived in the beginning of a really long, long Gullus. And it is a Gullus that Right, a gallus of Mesiras Nefesh. A gallus that of, of, of Mesiras Nefesh for Yiddishkeit, for Torah. It's a long gallus. For over 2,000 years, we as a nation, Jews as a nation, have been willing to live in Mesiras Nefesh and even to die in Mesiras Nefesh, right, through this gallus. And 
as a nation and as individuals. Where do we have, where we, right, we learned who's our role model. When you think about someone who died of Kiddush Hashem, you think about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva gave, right, passed this down to us. Here they are in the beginning of the Chorban, of this tremendously long, long ghost. We have the story of Rabbi Akiva and his Mesiris Nefesh and his willingness to die, Al-Kiddush Hashem. This is what we always, we still look back on. And Rabbi Akiva is the one who taught us this. Hashem was waiting for the neshama of Rabbi Akiva to begin this long, long trek of Gullus of Mesir So, Saw brought down in the Sefer, Tavar Yaakov, which is from Rabbi Yaakov Steinhaus, okay, who is still a very big uh, tzaddik in Yerushalayim, living today, and in his Sefer he says like this, Mi harav shal Rabbi Akiva? Shalam, shalamad osel mesiras nefesh. Who was his Rebbe? Who was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva that taught him how to live and how to die in mesiras nefesh? Ladies who have been in my class for the past year almost, you know what I'm going to say. Who was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva that taught him to live the Mesir Snapper? Ah, his wife, Rachel. But I'm not saying it, I would love to say it, but I'm not saying it, right? Rav Yaakov Steinhaus says it in his Sefer, okay? Mi haya harav shorav Akiva, shalamad asom Mesir Snapper. Who taught him? Who taught him how to live and how to die the Mesir Snapper? And he goes on and he tells the Gemara in Ksubos. Okay? We don't really have the time to do it inside, so I'll tell it to you, but you have it there if you want. Okay? Rabbi Akiva was the shepherd. We all know the story. Rabbi Akiva was the shepherd, right, of Kalba Savua. And his daughter, Kalba Savua's daughter, okay, Rachel saw Rabbi Akiva, and the Lashon of the Gemara is that she saw that he was Tsanua. She says, he saw, it says, he was Tsanua Uma'ale. Tsanua and refined. And you know I can't resist to stick in a little bit of a parenthesis, okay? That it defines Rabbi Akiva, his Mida is Tsanua, and he's a man. Tsnias is not just in a woman. Tzniyas is a midah for a man, too, okay? That was Rabbi Akiva's midah. His midah was the midah of Tzniyas. And when she saw this midah in him, she said to him, she proposed marriage, okay, that I will marry you if you will go to learn. And we all know the story, Rabbi Akiva, right? She married Rabbi Akiva. And Kalba Savua, when he heard about it, you know why he was called Kalba Savua? He was so rich he would be able to support Yerushalayim in the time of Ra'ab, the Gemara says, for 21 years, supplying them with wheat and barley. He was so rich, okay? He was called Kalba Savua because people who came to his house very hungry, hungry like a dog, Kalba, a Kalev, a dog, Savua would leave his house satisfied, okay? He was very, very rich, and he had all these dreams for his daughter, and his daughter goes off and marries an ignoramus, okay, who doesn't even know olive base. 
And so what did he do? He disowned her. We know, okay? Then the Gemara describes the poverty that they lived in. Rachel, who was the daughter of such a rich man and what she could have had, and she gave it all up, and she lived in tremendous, tremendous poverty. The Gemara describes that they lived in a straw hut. That's what they lived in. And they slept on the floor on straw. No pillows, no blankets, nothing. Slept on the straw. The Gemara describes that Rabbi Akiva used to pull the straw from her hair. He picked out the straw from her hair and he used to say to her, if only I had the means, I would make you a Yerushalayim shel zahav for your, for your, for your a crown for you. They were very, 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 very poor. The poverty, the Mesiris Nefesh that she lived in. And then, we all know, she sends her husband off to learn. For 12 years, he goes and he learns, comes back after 12 years, she's all alone. And for 12 years, Right? She has to take care of herself. And, the and then he comes back with 12,000 Talmudim, and he hears a neighbor saying to her, for how long? How long are you going to be an Almanachaya? How long are you going to be a living widow? And she says, if it was up to me, I would send him to learn, I would, be, uh, would want him to learn for another 12 years. And so we all write the story, Rabbi Akiva turns around, he goes and he learns for another 12 years, he comes back after 24 years with 24,000 Talmudim. And Rabbi Chaim Shmulavitz's famous Kasha. Why didn't he go in and say hello to her? He was right there. Why didn't he just go in and say hello, like I heard you, I'd like, I'm going to go listen. Why didn't he say hello to her? And Rabbi Shmulavitz's answer is because... 12 years plus 12 years does not equal 24 years straight. That the learning would not have been the same. Okay, this is, right, this is the Mesira Snefesh of Rachel Ashes Rabbi Akiva. Mi hayaha Rabbi, shal Rabbi Akiva, shalomat oso Mesira Snefesh. Who was the Rebbe from whom Rabbi Akiva um, learned, taught him Mesira Snefesh? He learned by watching her Mesiris Nefesh. Now, we all know the story, and we love to listen to this story, because, right, we all come out, such a story, really inspirational story, and we always take it as, right, the story of Ashes uh, um, Rabbi Akiva is, right, look at Rachel, how she saw potential, and we always say, because that's what a woman does, we see potential, right? Okay, she saw potential. She saw potential in him that nobody else saw, and she brought it out, right? That's what it But now I want you to understand that this is much, much more than that. We're not just saying, okay, that the wife of Rabbi Akiva saw potential in him, and she knew how to bring the potential out. We're saying much more than that. Who was the rabbi of Rebbe Akiva that taught him how to live with Mesira Snefesh, to teach Torah the Mesira Snefesh, and to die the Mesira Snefesh? And this lesson that we're still learning today, that we still look at Rabbi Akiva, and we still use Rabbi Akiva, he's the model, the model of how to use, how to live and how to die the Mesira Snefesh. Where did he get the koach from? Who instilled this? Who taught him this? It's all from Rachel. It's all from Rachel, the wife of Rabbi Akiva. So, when we say, Shali, 
v'shalachem shelachi. Okay, we are talking, right? We're talking really big things. We're not just talking about whoa that he had learned so much Torah and, and because of it was saying where did he become whom he could become? How did he how did he live his life with Mr. Snefesh? How did he teach the Mesiris Nefesh? How did he die the Mesiris Nefesh? It's because that was what was instilled to him by watching his wife. And I think that is something that we should think about today. Okay, um, and I am finished. <laughs> okay. Lunch, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>